It doesn't take much to look around and see the challenges that we as a culture here in America face. We are in crisis, and we have the cure, as we'll see next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Challenges from every corner of our culture seem to assault and attack us as Christians, as believers in Christ. Is there an answer? Is there a cure? Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Our time together today takes us back to a message we began last week simply entitled, The Gospel, The Cure. If we're to see change in our culture for the better, it will only come at the hands of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us as we take a look at this together next on Truth For Today. Our teacher and pastor now, Phil Howard. Mankind is just throwing off God, and then we've replaced God. When we've chose to be ignorant of God, we don't quit worshiping, we become idolaters. And he says that in verse 23, they exchange the incorruptible God to worship birds, men, four-footed animals, crawling. You don't know of anybody that ever worshiped an animal, do you? You hear of a golden calf? Exodus 33? They just got out of Egypt. But the God of Egypt was a calf. And Aaron, while Moses is up on the mount, decides, let's make ourselves a God that we can recognize. Think of it. People that walked across the Red Sea. How can it be? They worshiped animals. All the Molech, a Baal worship. Come on, Israel. When Israel broke away, and under Jeroboam, and the kingdom was divided, they erected a calf image up there in Samaria. Bow to a calf. Read Isaiah 44. You take a tree, you cut half of it up, you make a fire, the other half you carve a god, and you bow down, you paint it, and you pay obeisance to it. This is what took Israel off the map And Jews today aren't into much visible idolatry, for they lost the nation through it. They ran after the dumb idols of the Gentiles, and they gave up the true God of glory and power, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's writing to a pagan Gentile world here, and he's saying the gospel is for you pagans who are worshiping everything, They want your daughters, they want your marriage, they want your body, they want your money, and they'll damn your soul. I bring you a gospel that says this, God will not spare his son one iota of pain in order that he may spare you forever. For he who spared not his son, the wrath of the cross did it so he would spare you and I the deserved wrath we have coming. And so he speaks into this culture, and then there's a triplet I want you to see here. Watch what he says down here. Uh, Choice consequence, verse 23. They exchanged the glory 
of God. But notice consequence, verse 24. God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Hear me, hear me. What you think of God will always be reflected in what you do with your body. What you think vertically of God will always affect what you do in your body. Speech, sex, service, my body. Uh, because remember we looked last week, the invisible God wants to be made visible through bodies. Uh, and so whenever we mentally get rid of God in an area, it will bust out in consequences that usually affects what we do in the body. Secondly, he repeats, they exchange the truth of God for the lie. And what's the lie? They worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. The lie is to worship a creature. When the Antichrist comes to the world, all men will be forced to worship him, take his number of 666, because we're going to creature worship. Creature worship. And that's what the legislation's going. We're in charge. We're not under Judea. We're not under Judaism. We're not under Christian ethics. We are free to make our rules and do as we please because man is on the throne. We've got rid of God in legislation. Yeah, you have. But then what does God say? God gives them over to degrading passions. For the women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Third triplet. This is the third part. Once again, they get rid of God. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, consequences. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper and they're filled with unrighteousness, envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanders, haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and you, many things in the same category. When you get rid of God, he turns you over, and what he gives you is more sin. He'll pull enough restraints back to let you sin yourself to death. And we've gotten rid of the restraints. And there's more restraints that will be removed. For I believe in the end times that the Holy Spirit himself will be removed. And he who restrains will be taken out of the way. So that the last days Antichrist will bring about his empire. And will have no obstacles in his way. For even the Spirit will step to the side. Second Thessalonians 2. And he will let the Antichrist do whatever he wants. We're headed for a one-world government and a one-world God that we all must bow to. And if we don't, we'll die. So, uh, Romans tells us this. So, we have to ask this question. Uh, morality in the culture. Uh, it's really a, it's a tough thing 
I'm not as concerned about the culture as I am the church. When I had been reading for a week in the paper, Rabbi so-and-so married this same-sex couple. Community pastor uh, marries this couple. Uh, you know, Methodists now ordain lesbians and homosexuals. Uh, this group ordains this group. You talk about a confused message. Uh, we cannot ultimately control the culture any more than the church was able to determine what Nero would do on the throne. Christians were not political animals in the first century. They were persecuted and hunted. Here is the scary thing. In 313, Constantine was going to battle. And when he was going to this battle, he had this vision of a cross and these words, by this sign, conquer. And so he went to the battle, and he won the battle. Guess what he did? He then proclaimed the Roman Empire as Christian. And so the beginning of Christendom. Now everybody in the Roman Empire is a Christian. Two things happen. One, a disaster. The other, relief. One, they quit throwing our pastors to the lions at the Colosseum for entertainment. They quit burning pastors uh, and Christians. They would pitch them in tar, and they would light up the gardens of the emperors, and you would just watch them burn while you had your party. So we could say, yay, the lions, no more. The Colosseum, no more. Persecution has officially stopped. Now, problem. I can't evangelize my neighbor because they've now become a Christian, according to Constantine, and they even take them to rivers, sometime with Roman soldiers behind, and they've all been baptized, even forcefully, at the end of a sword. And if you get baptized, you know that makes you a Christian. So now we've lost the whole Roman Empire of the saved and the unsaved, and we've done the same thing with Christian America. We are not Christian America. Get over it. We are not. We are not. Well, there's a minority in this country that have been born again by the Spirit of God, but Christians are not running this country. The Muslims know it, and the gangsters know it. It's just naive Christians that don't know it. We keep running back to the founding fathers and talk about how wonderful they were. We're not with the founding fathers. That's back there. We're living with today. Call me anti-patriotic. I vote, I pay taxes, and I, I think I'm a thoroughbred unless they don't accept Richmond, California citizenship. I'm telling you the truth. And so Christian America, oh, baloney, pagan America, in need of God. And what are we doing? Trying to defend the flag or evangelize the citizens of this country who need to be born again, who need to bow to the gospel of Romans 1. They need the gospel. 
They don't need us singing just patriotic songs and saying we're all Christian in America. We are not. Where were the Christians on the Supreme Court? Where were those who held a divine view? Maybe Anthony Scalia. He's got those Roman Catholic roots. Good. A few. But we can't count on the government to legislate righteousness. We've got to cling to a Bible and follow the Word of God, and it might cost us. It might cost us. Well, uh, the big issue, as I say, is morality in the church. Uh, what are we going to do if a same-sex couple come to this church and we say we can't join? Would that be fair? Well, the government says we're married. What do you guys say? See, it's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, since I'm, I'm out of time, I just want to say uh, several things. Number one, uh, church, we must not be homophobic. We must not take any category of sinner and let's write them off. They should be given the gospel. We don't have to endorse their sin, but we must evangelize them. We don't have to, you know, if a guy comes in here, hey, I'm a womanizer, and I'm, I'm not really looking here for a woman I can get in bed. Do you, can you recommend one? Well, man, you're kind of normal. You're heterosexual. No, 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 no. I'm going to just grab him first. Say, how, how dare you be so bold? Well, you know, that's my thing. I'm into women. Well, I want to be into your eyes. Because I married a woman. I hope you know she's off limits. Other words, we got to be on the guard for all kinds of sin. And can we ever say what God says to them or just pat them on the head? No. And this is the struggle to be pure and to be holy in the cesspool of our day. It's a tough thing. But guess what you would do with a womanizer? I want to evangelize him. Tell him how to be saved. Uh, the fornicator. Come on. If I start naming the sins in this room, I get you. If you were on, well, sure, yeah, I did that. I'm Okay. We don't need to have all that display. He saves sinners. Homosexuals are sinners. He's got a cure for sinners. No matter. No matter. And we've got a lot of the church saying, well, they'll be that way for life. They'll be that way until Jesus Christ changes them. And here's something. Here's something. You're not going to like this. I have Christian workers I've met with. Uh, I met with a Christian worker a while back, part of a fine organization. He met with me, and he said, uh, I just want to confess something to you. What is that? I have homosexual propensities. That's what he said. I said, you do? Tell me about it. He told me. He said, I've not practiced it. I've been a Christian since such and such, but I've never married, and if I'm tempted sexually, it's in this avenue. Uh, and I want you to know, I want to be transparent. I'm not leading a secret life, but I want you to pray for me in this area, that God will keep me strong, that I'd be pure. Now, should I think any less of him 
than if a Christian worker came to me. I'm still trying to get over being a womanizer. I used to sleep with a lot of women. Now I'm saved. Now I'm a pastor. Now I'm a missionary. And I'm trying to get all those images, all that pornography, all those women off my mind. Would you pray? I'm struggling. I ought to be as sympathetic to the one as I am to the other. And just say, we will help you in the struggle. We will pray with you. We will encourage you. We will not penalize you. We will try to be, help you in the struggle. Uh, we ought to be sensitive in this area. For many among us have raised children that decided to be lesbian or homosexual. And it's happening more all the time. I've become friends with certain men that are just as macho as you can get and go out and watch them weep at lunch as they told me, my boy said he's homosexual. What could I have done different? And these were bruisers. These were construction men. These were not wimpy men. I've made friendships because I've had to tell them words like this. Quit preaching to your boy. What? He was losing the boy because every time he met with the boy, he had to go on a tirade about homosexuality was wrong. I said, don't you think he's finally got the message? He knows what you believe. Yeah. Don't beat him up every time. Could you love him? Could you say, uh, Mom and I prayed God give us a boy and he gave us you. You don't compromise the truth to love the sinner. Hear me. You don't compromise the truth to love the sinner. I lived through this when my girl was in trouble. Many people were so busy voting against me. Few came to me and said, you know what? God can restore her. God can bring her back. They were so busy telling me it was sin and I must have been a bad father to ever give me any comfort. And many of them left, and I thank God. They didn't represent Christ. They represented legalistic, hard-nosed views. So, I must say, I've attended a lot of different funerals of homosexual children in this church that the parents didn't want you to know about because of the shame because of how the Christian community would treat them. Hear me well, hear me well. God forbid that we don't support parents in this struggle with their kids, and God forbid you start telling them they were bad parents. It's a time to weep, it's a time to pray, and you ought to ask yourself, why did your kids decide to be straight instead of homosexual? What if your kids want to be homosexual, would you cease to be their parent? Would you cease to love them? God forbid. Keep loving them. Love them to the gates of hell. Don't give up. Don't give up. Jesus and the gospel can save. And I would say, you that are here that are struggling with homosexuality, you're a sinner for whom Christ died, from whom the Holy Spirit can empower, and your struggle may be this way, 
us men have had to struggle with whether we're going to be pure towards women, whether we're going to have a dirty mind and dirty morals. He had to do as big a work in us as he has to do in you. If he can clean us up, he can clean you up. Amen. Same gospel. Uh, something. Is it genetic? Why, yes. Every problem I've got is genetic. It goes all the way back to Adam. I was born a sinner. I got a genetic problem. But we, I don't want to say this. Well, he killed five people, but you know he's genetically predisposed. Well, let's dispose of him. Yeah, we've got the genetic predisposition. We're born sinners from the womb. We've got it, and we, we're all liars from the womb. You've all been liars all your life. Only Christ can teach you to tell the truth. Morals, we just, we did whatever felt good at the time. No time to clean that up. Sure, there's a genetic. I, I'm an alcoholic because of genes. Well, that's okay. Uh, Jesus is bigger than genes. He's bigger than Adam. He's bigger than your family history. And I was talking with one of our sisters. You're not under a generational curse. No, you're under the Adamic curse. You'll go all the way back to Adam. And Christ says, I'm greater than Adam. And I can transfer you out of that fallen family with its habits, its propensities, and put you accepted in a new family. And Tim gave me a great verse, Ephesians. Let me close with this. I wish we had time for Q&A, but we don't. If I can get you back. Uh, no, let's just keep going. Tell the donut cart, shut down. Yeah. I got to answer a question. Look at Ephesians 4, uh, verse 17. So this I say, affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer, just as the Gentiles also walk, in the futility or the emptiness of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. This is where we are. The Gentile world is drowning in lust and greed. And so there's nothing new. But it is shocking to see it national news, national policy. And I have to say this. I feel like Jeremiah someday, as I was praying this morning, I simply said, Lord, I feel like Jeremiah and the Babylonians are coming to town. I see a nation under divine judgment. We cannot continue. We cannot. We are seeing the decline of America. I don't know who's going to replace us, but we don't have much longer because God will not be mocked. You cannot break his laws. They will break you. And when we're outrageously putting our fist in the face of God's years, years ago legislation, I fear for where we're going. I Sometimes the benefit of getting older, you think maybe you'll be dead before it happens. But my only problem is I've got grandchildren and they won't escape it. You must go. God bless you. This is Truth For Today. 
the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Today's broadcast is taken from our series called A Nation in Moral Crisis. Now, if you would like the sermon today's message was taken from, without any obligation, just simply call and request it, and we'll send one out to you. If you'd like the entire series, ask for it by name, A Nation in Moral Crisis. And for a gift of $10 or more, we'll send this CD set your way. Please bear in mind that the resource materials and the broadcast here on KFAX are available through your generous donation, your financial partnership with us as we continue the ministry of the gospel again here on KFAX. So again, for a donation of $10 or more for this month, we'll send you the entire four CD set. It's called A Nation in Moral Crisis. Here's how to get a hold of us. You can contact us toll-free at 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us by phone toll-free 855-833-9864. Or write to us. 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. That's here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Valley Bible meets here in Hercules, two services Sunday mornings, 9 and 11. Details and directions can be found at our website, valleybible.org. And we would invite you to stop by and pay us a visit. Other resource materials for your growth in Christ are available, again, at our website, valleybible.org. A bit more about who we are and what we believe are there as well. Again, that's valleybible.org. Drop us an email when you stop by. Let us know you paid us a visit, electronically speaking. Again, that's valleybible.org. The phone number one more time, 855-833-9864. We do thank you for joining us today and trust we'll see you again next time we get together here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Hercules.